Doxology, theology. If your theology ain't right, your doxology ain't going to be right. We love doxology. We need people to come, give me a call, and support the doxology. Bring in worship to God with theologically sound music. How awesome that is. Theology. Studying God's word, expounding on God's word, examining in it, eating in it, just dwelling on it. To go deep, so deep, so far, you can't go no further. You hit your knees and you begin to praise God with doxologies, the hymnals. It was written, the old music, public domain, free and it don't eat. Let's sing it loud. Let's preach it loud. Let's be alive. We're reborn again Christians, saved by the blood of our Savior. Amen. What just an honor and privilege it is to be here today to serve the Lord in, in any capacity. I, I, and I just want to just thank, I want to thank my wife. And I want to thank all the women in the room for the wives and all that they do to support the men, to encourage them, to support them. And I, I, and I, I pray for my brother Dan's wife, Lynette, who couldn't be here today. And my brother Dan told me in Sunday school that he, he wanted to sing this song a song uh, for his wife and you know to her directed the love for her for his wife and I thought well we're supposed to praise God with that but it's okay because he said we're supposed to love our wives the way Christ the way Christ loved the church and it's okay for our, us to live love our wives that way and sing songs to them and love them so I'm sorry that uh, Lynette and Dan's not here this evening with us but I know they're here in spirit well this evening we're going to be in 1 Peter. We're still in 1 Peter until we work our way through. Uh, the presence of hope, the persistence of hope is the name of the message this evening. If you would, uh, can you just join me in prayer? Our Father and our God, I just, uh, I just approach your throne room, Father, with a reverence and an awe. Father, uh, being aliens down here on this earth, Father, letting us know that, that this is, this is not our home, Father. We're just passing through. Father, I just want to thank you for, for choosing us, your foreknowledge, before the creation of the world, Father, that uh, your love as God Jesus' forgiveness as Jesus and the communion of the Holy Spirit would carry us all the way through to completion. I thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit that enables us as our walk as Christians on this earth to be able to make pledges and consecrate our vows to you, to be able to walk in the Spirit and not the flesh, Oh, I thank you so much for the Holy Spirit. That gives us the ability to obey you, Father, to make a covenant with you. The grace and peace that passes all understanding to the foolish measure that you've just bestowed on all of us. Your mercy to be born again in the living hope from Jesus for what he did for us 
for living that sinless life and the resurrection on that cross that he came back from the dead and defeated that sin and, and gave us an inheritance, Father, an imperishable, undefiled, unfading inheritance, Father, I thank you. Protected throughout all our lives, that inheritance is going to be protected by the Holy Spirit that will be revealed to all believers at the end time. We, when we enter that great throne room of grace, when we get to be served at the, at the dinner, at your dinner table, our Father and our God, I just thank you for all these things. We want to raise you up and glorify you this evening, Father. We ask that your word can be just shared. May a heart know, ears to hear, and eyes to see. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So we are in 1 Peter. Oh, by the way, just a side note, it was the, the 27th was the uh, freedom of Auschwitz. Uh, liberation. Liberation of a prison camp, Auschwitz. Auschwitz, I'm pronouncing that wrong. What, what a terrible time in our history that uh, the genocide that had taken place. It was on the, the 27th of this month. It was the, their year, their, their anniversary of that. And it's just, uh, should just make us reflect on the depravity of man and our, our inability to allow things like that. So uh, let's just keep the survivors of that, uh, their family members in our prayers and, uh, and pray that... Uh, God will protect us and, uh, and bring, it, bring us through that if it were to happen again. Uh, and I think a lot of uh, Peter is preaching about the, the persecution of saints that we will uh, go through and, and the messages, the persistence of the hope, of the knowing of, the, of these things, uh, of all this great theology that was shared in a prayer. But we're in First uh, Peter this evening. We're going to be going through verses... Oh, 13 to 16. Uh, we've, so with that, uh, can we stand for the reading of God's word? Verses 13 to 16, 1 Peter. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children... Do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Let us pray. Our Father, I, our God, let us just extract out of this text this evening to give, keep continuing to give us that hope that you've shared and given us beyond measure, beyond measure and understanding. Thank you. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. So we start off, we're expounding on God's word here. As I started off by saying, if we don't have our theology right, we're never going to get our doxology right. So it's very important that we just dig very deep. Uh, 
I noticed something about uh, Peter. I'm, I'm just so glad that Lo Logan chose this book for us to, to uh, go through uh, about Peter. And I know uh, same thing with Paul. His theology is so great. I, I read the book of Ephesians. I go through the first three chapters. In the first chapter, it, it just goes so deep. And then we look, look at the book of Romans, and he, he goes all the way through the book of Romans. What, what does it go all the way to uh, chapter 12 with uh, the theology that just goes so deep, a great understanding and learning about God, our creator. And then at that point, the doxology to bring praise, to offer yourself as a holy living sacrifice. Well, Peter has, has done this remarkably in these first uh, 12 verses or so. It's just, uh, the extract out of here is just, it's just so much. Uh, and that's probably why we've been covering it for the last three, four weeks now. There's just so much there. Uh, you know, we started off with that we're aliens here. It's informing us. We're just passing through. This is not our world. He's an apostle. He's been chosen. But Peter, as apostle as we understand it, as an apostle as knowing Jesus, setting apart to be his representative for him, living, reaching out to Peter, Jesus at the time, to be the rock, actually changed his name to Peter, to be the rock, the foundation, the first stone being laid in his church. Uh, Peter was just a fisherman from up and around Galilee chosen to do this by our Lord and Savior for this purpose and he, he wrote this remarkable text here and he lets us know that that we've been chosen before creation with the foreknowledge of God because we know God is not all knowing but God also he directs what he wants The Trinity is exposed here. All three parts of the Trinity in these first uh, several verses. God is love, we know. Jesus is forgiveness. And the Holy Spirit is fellowship. And all three distinct characters of the Trinity is brought to bear in this text. In these first 12 verses, he set us apart to, be, to declare us holy. Before the foundation of the world, he set us apart to stand before an all-righteous God, to stand before him holy, all deserving of damnation in hell, but set apart, chose, foreknown before the foundation of the world to stand before an all-righteous God. That's what he's done for us. He's telling us, he's conveying it to us in this short 12 verses. Gives us grace and peace to the fullest measure. To the fullest measure. He gives us grace and peace. He gives us peace past understanding. That means we can't understand how much peace it is, he tells us. So when he says he gives it to, to the fullest measure, I don't have the right words to explain how much grace he extends to us. I'm incapable of doing that. And that's, that's our doxology. That's learning about our God. His mercy that he just gives to us. Something that we were so deserving of us for being sinners. We were so deserving for the punishment of this crime. 
And he shows that mercy to be born again. He gives us this hope. He gives us a living hope. As fallen creatures, he gives us a living hope. Scripture may seem redundant. We, may, we seem to be going over the same topic over and over again, but we need to keep hearing it over and over again because we need to be persistent in understanding the hope that we have. The hope that we have is a real hope. It's not a fake hope. This is a real hope. This is why we need to go deep into this scripture. We need to understand it. We need to extract every bit of it out because it just strengthens the hope that we have in our God. It's the promises that he gives us. We need to keep going over it, keep chewing on it, keep sharing it, keep reaching out to somebody else, sharing it with them. This is troubled times. It's a troubled world, and it, and it always has been. Uh, Jesus came. Let's us know that Jesus came. He died. He lived. A sinless came. He lived. He died, and he's alive today. When he when he was risen from the dead, he broke sin. He conquered sin. He was cursed for us. He took that upon him. And when he came to life, it was a resurrection. It tells us this in his first twelve verses. See, because we started, I'm starting my message. You're saying, John, why, why are you, I thought you're preaching on 13 to 16. I am. But the very first word says, therefore. Therefore what? We have to go back. So what do we go back for? We just go back. And I, and I went back and I start looking at all these things. Now, I'm not going to go on for three hours like the three messages we did, but recover it. But this is just kind of a highlight of it. And all this is going to be revealed to us at our point of glorification. All of these things that I'm discussing here, that he's sharing with us, that, that gives us that hope, is going to be revealed to us at that, foreigner, at that final time. When we, be, when we stand before this all, I don't know if I'm going to be standing. I think I'm going to choose to be on my knees. Uh, but, uh, but he says that he that we could stand before an all-righteous and holy God. Wow. Well, let's get started now with the message. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in the spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Prepare your minds for action. Now we're talking to believers here. Prepare your minds for action. It's telling us to keep sober in spirit. While we're doing this, while all these troubles and everything else is crushing down, coming down on us, fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, oftentimes we can say that We've been saved, we're being saved, and we're going to be saved. The reason it's an inheritance is because we haven't received that glorified body. It hasn't completely come yet. The reason the Holy Spirit uh, protects us and cares for us the whole time because we haven't got to that point. It doesn't fade. It doesn't blemish. And he's saying, keep, keep your hopes fixed on that. Don't allow the things of the world to interfere with that. 
Another verse uh, brings me to Ephesians. And, you know, guys, they always, I think when we always talk combat terms, uh, I always get excited. I grew up watching Army movies and Western Day on Saturday, and we'd always get excited about it. And I never would want to go out and fight the real war, but I sure enjoyed it on TV, you know. And this, to me, kind of seems that way because I don't have to go and, like, physically do these things that the Holy Spirit does it for me, but I get to take advantage of it and live in that, that reality, that it, it, it's my reality, it's your reality, because he gives it to us as reality, and he gives us to us as a metaphor, as a term, because our spirit, our battle is not of flesh and blood, so we don't have to go out there and duke it out, it's all spiritual, you know? So we get to be in this battle. And in Ephesians 6.14, it says, Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. See, this is the Apostle Paul now talking about standing firm. And he's saying, gird up your loins. And these are military terms. What he's talking about is the Roman soldiers had these tunicas. They're like little dresses, you know. And so when they were prepared to get ready for battle, they'd have to pull that little dress up and pull it up tight and cinch it up tight because they're getting ready to go into battle. They can't have no loose ends sashaying around there and getting caught up while they're in battle. They're, they're going to do business. They're going to go out and take the evil one. And it's about taking care of the loose ends. And shouldn't you as Christian take up the loose ends of your lives and what are you doing in your life that's distracting you for when you're getting ready to go into battle? Are you watching too much TV? Are you watching too much of them soapbox up on TV? Are you into gambling on, on the internet? Are you into sex? Are you, what's your, what's, what's holding you back? Do you daydream on, did you catch an ad on Facebook and, and get stuck looking at that one for a little too long? Uh, what's distracting you? What's holding you back in your life? Uh, do you stop off after work and have a couple beers with the guys and then go home and lie? Then show up on church on Sunday? I don't know. What's the loose ends of your life? What's holding you back? He's telling you, he's telling you, he's not, he's not, this is not a suggestion, this is a command. He's telling us, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Our spirit, the, our innermost being, keep it so, sober. Don't be diluting it with, I don't care, sugar. Too much sugar will dilute it, you know? Uh, too much of anything will dilute it. Keep, your, keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on that grace to you. Thessalonians also says the same thing. Chapter 5. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. For those who sleep do their sleeping at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we are of the day, let us be sober, having put on uh, the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. And the hope of salvation. Using Thessalonians, using all battle terms as a metaphor for us. So rich. The word pictures are, are, are so rich because we, we all know what a Roman soldier looks like. We've all watched the movies. I mean, I grew up just watching 
the, the battles and the wars and stories and and, uh, and I just I think that's wonderful that I can see that and visualize that so clear and I, and I hope you you are also able to do that as obedient children do not be conformed to the former lust which were yours in your ignorance that was a real interesting one of mine because you know first off it tells me it to me now, before I get to some Bible verses here, but as obedient children, I don't know how obedient children can be, uh, but maybe as young believers, maybe we're referring to uh, being obedient to the word. As obedient children, do not be conformed, molded back to form to the lust which were yours and your, which were yours, my former lust. When I walked in the flesh and I desired the things of the flesh and I was moved by the things of the flesh and I was selfish and self-centered and it was all about me and pleasing me. Don't, don't, don't go back to that. I've given, you, I've given you the Holy Spirit. Each and every one of you has the Holy Spirit in you to be able to walk in the spirit. No longer than the desires of the flesh. Don't allow yourself to get pulled back into that former. And it gives us a little bit of an excuse there. It says, in your ignorance. Now, ignorance is not knowing. See? Today we know. It's no longer ignorance. If you walk back in the former lust and do go back to the same same things that you did in the past, then it's no longer ignorance. You're doing it with the full knowledge. You're making a choice at this point if you are truly regenerated, if you are truly a saved person, you are making a conscious effort to mourn the spirit, to grieve the spirit, to squash the spirit that lives inside you. That's in complete opposition to what this text is telling us what to do. And you will suffer pain, you'll suffer consequences, and you won't be able to sleep at night. That's if you're a saved person. If, you're, if, they, weren't, if they went out from us and they, and they was not of us, and you don't have a conscience, then maybe you'll just enjoy the flesh more. I don't know. But I'm, I'm sharing this as saved people. And he's telling this to a saved person. Don't go back to the former lust. Romans 12, 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove that, you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. See, here's Paul telling us in 12.2, and it, by the way, it was, it was just a whole lot of theology all the way up until this point. Now, we get to pe- play a part in this. We get to do something. All that opening prayer we discussed was everything that God does for you. Now, God's given you the Holy Spirit that resides in each and every one of you. And then says, here, do this now. The pledge has been made. 
Remember in Peter that there was a covenant of pledge. It was like, God's done so much for me. My doxology, I'm singing praise to the Lord. You've done so much to me. God, I want to do everything that you command me now. Because you've given me the Holy Spirit. I've been able to do it. I just want to praise you. And we've been, there was a sprinkling of a blood that they talked about back in the day of Moses. That, we, that the people had agreed with this covenant, the promise that they make with God. And we've made that too. When we accepted God no longer just as our Savior but as our Lord, we made that covenant and a promise. And we said to ourselves, because if we truly believed in our hearts and we professed with our my mouth that he is Lord, he is Lord, that makes me the slave, that makes him the kuros, the Lord. And a slave job is only to do the bidding of his master. He doesn't have voting rights. He doesn't own anything. Everything he lives for and desires is for his Lord. And if you have a heart for the Lord... Then you've made this commitment, and there's been a sprinkling of the blood, as it talked about, uh, on, that, on that covenant that's been made. God always does his. He never backs down on any one of his covenants, any one of his promises he's ever made with any one of his people. He's never backed down from it. He's fulfilled every one of it. We are the ones that continually to break the covenant with him. And he continually reaches out for us because he's long-suffering. He wants all of his to come to him. And continually. Ephesians 2, 7. So that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Jesus Christ. So do not be conformed to your former lust. Good morning. Good evening, our newest member. And he has one heck of a handshake. That makes him an honest guy, I've been told. All right. Well, I'm glad you're here. We're in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 to 16. But like the, whole, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Like the Holy One that called you, be holy yourselves. Now this, to this day, still presents a little bit of a problem in my mind because I cannot do that on my own. I cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. I continually can't do it. The law is weak in the fact that it doesn't, it can't make, it, it actually does the opposite. It's a curse because knowing it, I can't fulfill it and then it breaks me. Now he's telling me to be holy. But we know we have this, the Holy Spirit that he's telling us to do this with. Be holy, for I am holy. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God with a reverence with an awe of all these things that we've discussed that he's given for us and done for us, we're able now to fulfill that commitment to him by being holy through the Holy Spirit. Our pastor made a good comment the other day. I don't know where we was that associated. He says, you know, one thing that he had learned from a, uh, in seminary was uh, that uh, advice that was told. He says, uh, from the morning you wake up, from the morning your foot hits the floor, Keep your focus on God the whole time. Keep walking in the spirit. 
until you take that foot off the floor and give thanks to God at the end of the day. Throughout your entire day. That's how you be holy. You walk in the spirit throughout the day. Another great pastor, a living pastor that preached here, he says his motto was practice the presence of Jesus. Practice the presence of Jesus in our lives. He was the pastor when I sat back there and I showed up in this church and he said, did y'all bring your red Bibles? And I said, hallelujah. And, uh, and I got this elbow and I was told that this is not a Bible. You know, so you, you can do it. You, you can all do it. It's not hard. You know, doxology, theology, red Bible. What a great man. What a great inspiration. He told him I had 20 years of preaching left in me. I told him I'm the roofer. <laughs> God bless him. Practice the presence of Jesus. Then there was another great saint that I had the honor and privilege to sit next to. He kind of reminded me of an old-time prophet. He had the beard and that voice. And uh, sat in Sunday school with him. And I thought, you know, I'd get into ministry. It'd be all about weddings and having fun. But it seemed like all I was doing was funerals. And I'm, I'm concerned at a funeral for a, a, a soul. Uh, they, they went home. Where did they go? John, don't worry. Put your, put your confidence, put your trust in the Lord. Don't worry about that. Give him Jesus. Give him Jesus. The guy, he's, he's, he's in the coffin. It ain't going to matter what I say to him one way or the other. But there's the rest of everybody out there. What do you do? You give him Jesus. You give him Jesus at a wedding. You give him Jesus at the funeral. You give him Jesus on Sunday night. You give him Jesus. You practice the presence of Jesus. From the time you wake up in the morning, you hit it, the, your foot hits the floor, you walk in the spirit throughout the day. That's how you're to be holy. I don't know where that pin come from. Matthew 5.48 Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And, you know, thank, thank do you, can we just give God a moment of thanks and thanking him for Jesus and the Holy Spirit? Do you, do, you, do you imagine how hard that must have been when Jesus shared this with the, the Pharisees and the group of people, his disciples that were following along? And, you know, their deepest concern is, just like the funeral is, you know, how do we get to heaven? You need to be perfect like your father is in heaven to get to heaven. That's what he told them. That's what Jesus told them. Okay? Wow. How do we accomplish that? I mean, we've been, been killing these goats and bulls now for thousands of years, and, and uh, we've been trying to follow this law, and uh, the people are trying to do that, and they're putting their faith in God, and they probably achieved that goal by putting their faith and belief in God and knew that they were weak. But then you had the other side that, that did it and said, well, I'm doing all these things, so I'm entitled to it. You know, the, the uh, publican and the tax collector? 
You know, the tax collector, oh, God, have mercy on me. And the publican was the, was the righteous guy that, you know, he did all them things. He, he was, did all the rituals. He was the good guy. He did everything. He checked all the boxes. But in that story, a sad story, terrible, is one went home justified. And the one that went home justified was the one that was begging for mercy, not the one that says, I'm glad I'm not like him. Uh, Ephesians 5.1, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. I always like that one. I, I, uh, I like uh, copying. I'm sorry. Uh, I went to a couple of these pastors that put on these seminars and stuff. and I said, you know, I... I use a lot of your material, you know, and uh, I actually like use it word for word. And, and he says, brother, he says, if that bullet fits in the chamber, you use it. I said, oh, thank you. And here he tells us in the Bible, it says, be imitators of Christ. You know, copy your brother. Be imitators. Uh, wow, that's an easy one for me because I have a hard time learning out of I have to study twice as long, twice as hard. As some, but I can watch somebody, and I can listen to somebody, and I can be an imitator of that. Uh, be imitators, it tells us. Because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. You shall be holy, because I am holy. So, be holy, getting ready to line up, the, the perseverance of hope that we have, Persever, uh, persistent, perseverance, uh, like a dog with a bone, just not letting it go, uh, that perseverance of that hope for what we're going through in our lives, to, to uh, be holy as I am, I'm holy. And it, 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 it's, it brought me back to Romans 12, 1. And I, I, I think this is a wonderful verse. It says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Right here, right now, today, in here, online, take your living bodies and place them upon this altar as a living sacrifice. See, before Christ, there was all sacrificial sacrifices, the sacrifices of animals and things. Our God is commanding us to, to, to offer ourselves as a holy living sacrifice to place ourselves upon this altar. To be holy as I'm holy. What does all does that verse say? God incorporates soul, body, mind, and the will. The four elements. The body must be present, presented to God. And that's what verse 1 says. Present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service 
of worship. This is the body. The actual body and not simply that which is tangible and visible, but all the components of being human. How you think, how you reason, all that you are as a human being. The mind must be given to God now. These are all interconnected. If you don't give your mind to God, you're not going to be able to sustain giving your body to God. Finally, the will must be given to God. We know things, but we don't necessarily do what we should, Paul says. I don't do what I should do, what I don't want to do. The will is a very important reality. The final word then is that you would prove by your life what the will of God is. Prove to, not to the sense that you validate God, but in the sense that you demonstrate it, you demonstrate the will of God. You put the will of God on display because you do this, you do his will. You put the will of God on display because you do his will. You practice the presence of Jesus. You walk in the spirit throughout the day. You offer yourself as a holy living sacrifice. And we must not, because we're alive, we can't allow ourselves to crawl back off this altar. So our mind's got to be right, our spirit got to be right, and our will has to be right. And we offer it all to our Lord and Savior. And then we drop down on our knees and we just give glory to God with our doxology. We just sing to the highest notes in the highest levels. And I just want to invite anybody out there. We're looking for more people that can help with the doxology. We're, and we'll even take people with theology. And we're looking for everybody aspect in ministry to come along, to come here, show up, reach out to us. We want to build up men to face this world. We want to equip you with the tools. We want to give you the persistence and the perseverance of hope to continue in this troubled world. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father and our God, I just thank you today. Well, I just have to enter that throne room, Father, would uh, settle down a little bit here and just have that reverence that you are God. You're infinite, all-powerful, all-knowing, of love, of forgiveness, of communion. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for giving us the theology to, to bring glory and honor to you. I ask, Father, in your name, that you equip the men and women that are listening to this word, to your words, to be able to act upon them, to be able to learn, to go so deep with the theology that when they can't go no deeper, they just fall to their knees and they just start bringing praise and glory to you. Father, we just pray all these in your name. Amen. Thank you, everybody.